Welcome, foolish mortals, to the haunted mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> is this haunted room actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? And consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors. <laughs> Which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. <laughs> of course, there's always my way. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 169, very appropriate, yeah. of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Dolchai, and my co-pilots for this evening's dirty adventure, the young, the restless, Mr. Carlos <laughs> Buarguel, the man who wasn't with us last week, and we were pretty soft on him last week. We didn't really give it to him. So glad you're here today. Mr. Les. I, I have no words. And you'll find out why yes. in a second. <laughs> the man who's... King of all pods, I got nothing else. King Tom, how the hell are you? I'm always thrown off when you do me in front of Eric. Whoa. <laughs> I was Whoa. just about to say, why are you doing King Tom in front of Eric? Hey, wow. I told you this is a dirty, dirty episode. <laughs> man. The man we call El Hombre. The man who just showed us some really cool things that we can't talk about until later. Let me tell the listeners why I have nothing. I was really thrown off a second ago, and we're going to get into that after I introduce the reason I was very thrown off. Now, this was episode 169, and we didn't have anybody scheduled for this week. And then last night, I said, this is 169. 69, we got to have Chris Fresh on. Chris Fresh from the Geek Dudes is here to join us to talk about the week in geek well, it's good to be here for episode 169, dude. Um, I can't believe nobody did it before I got to get in there and um, do that. But yeah, I was. we were doing 
um, a bit of sound check before we come on because the Sith list are professionals and are I just said what? Yeah. pre-production I'm meeting a, there, buddy. That's, I'm a big already. fan of many podcasts and one of my favorite podcasts is the Canto Byte Dispatch and it's got a link with the Sith list in the first <laughs> couple of podcasting Boo and downtown Brittany Brown. And I said to Boo, so no anal, huh? <laughs> Yeah, And for those that don't listen to crossover podcasts, it's a bit like crossover comics, is downtown Brittany Brown. Are we allowed to say Brittany Brown, Boo? Like, what's the status of her surname? Does it exist in canon or are we not allowed to use it? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it exists in canon. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it, it exists okay. in canon, yes. Well, it, it's it's very it's so much better. Rusty, cover your ears. Um, <laughs> it's so much it's so much better that it exists in canon because Brittany Boo revealed that she has she has an untouched buttocks and <laughs> um, anything to do with her bum bum oh, hole. Bum. I assume the cheeks, the whole anus region. Is has so far been out of bounds. Is that correct? That 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 is correct. Yes, that is. Correct. I've got some good news. We're going to dedicate this whole episode, like Benioff and Weiss, be damned. Like, forget the Mandalorian trailer. Judd Apatow out of there. We <laughs> together are going to help open up new opportunities. Wow, a whole new world. There we there go. There it is. <laughs> So, is this something, Boo, that you want? Uh, never really thought of it. It's not, it's not really the biggest thing in the world to me, no. It's just like... <laughs> Struther, Struthers actually contacted me before the episode, and he said, dude, I'm really worried about Boo not experiencing some of the finer things in life. Do you think we can... <laughs> oh, no. So, not even in previous relationships. No, no, no. Never, never really been a thing, no. Never sat on your thumb. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I, you. That is a good question, though, Raj. Uh, Maybe to show her that everything's okay. A cheeky pinky while other uh, things are going on. Cheeky the worst thing in the world. A cheeky that? pinky. That's that, that, that is perfect. Perfect wordplay. Was it the shocker? Yeah, yeah. We'll we, leave it at that. Why yeah, is well, Tom nodding when you're saying that? Right? <laughs> just listen. King the Tom shot. is listening and nodding his head. He approves. And Eric is just bewildered. <laughs> I, I, I don't even think you introduced Eric. Yeah, you did. You never even said my name. But he's here. Uh, I'm, so that, 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 I'm sorry, Eric. I'm so sorry. Here's uh. the p- hardest. The, the thing I'm having the hardest time understanding here is like, okay, I'm, I'm a little older than Boo, like twice as old. And <laughs> as an adult, as a matter of fact, like once I hit, I would say 16, there was not a girl that I was with for more than a couple of three times that I didn't. Man, I mean, that's just that's part of how you roll, dude. Damn. Time. Boo, let's talk about my experiences. I'm just kidding. I'm so dumbfounded uh, by lessons that you uh, throw that. I'm, I'm like, kidding. No. I'm kidding. I will not. I will not venture into that situation. Oh, God. Well, Boo, thanks everybody for being, listening. You being all conservative, Boo, like all worried about your bum hole and stuff. It's just a bum hole. You can't get no infection in your booty hole. It's a booty hole. Yeah, that's yeah, true. There's, there's a lot of nerve endings there, man. 
<laughs> what is happening? Oh. I love how King Tom has this on a fucking word. He's just listening. <laughs> <instead of words>. <laughs> <laughs> and he's getting redder every notes. time. I'm taking notes. I'm putting that E back on our episode. I took it off for a while. I just said, fuck it. Who cares about yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It's going back on. That oh, explicit this, this going is, back on this, this one. Gone Definitely. Once the episode oh, number 169 man. came up. We haven't even started it's the weekend. The remind me. Hey, what? seriously. Once we're done recording, remind me. that I got to tell you something that oh. you should definitely oh like, no put put in your back pocket <laughs> no. <laughs> put it in your back pocket literally yeah. you're trying to do yeah, put, no, yeah. put, put something in the back pocket hey, can we put, put it in your back, back pocket yeah can we put something in the back pocket and also yeah. thanks rusty for listening for the last time i can't believe i just yeah, for I the just, last time i can't believe i divulged that type of information yeah that's myself. pretty that's yeah. pretty good well yeah. well gentlemen <laughs> shit um that's it uh, <laughs> how's everybody well boo i know how you're doing yeah <laughs> chris thank you for coming on but how you been yeah, I'm I'm good. Life's been good. It's Halloween here in Australia, so it's now become a thing. We have an American lady in our street, and many um, uh, baby bo- baby boomer Australians are furious that this American tradition has invaded our shores. But um, my kids are really excited, so cool. It's a good time. Our house. It's like about 94 degrees Fahrenheit here in Australia. It's the oh. warmest October day, and. 60 70 years so wow. life's all good out here cool I, that's halloween is my favorite holiday absolutely my favorite because it lines christmas. up with it's a pretender to the throne of christmas well I, my birthday is very close to it we celebrated last week it was a great time we got on a party bus we did an 80s halloween birthday brew the tour went to a couple of breweries it, we had a just a blast and it's always aligns with Halloween and we had just a great old time. First of all, thank you for everybody showing up and also thank you for everybody that sent those birthday wishes and all that great stuff. But well, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad we're going to get into this. We're going to get to all kinds of stuff because there's literally a crazy weekend geek. But how's everybody else doing? King Tom? I'm fine. Yeah. You sure? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, good. Good. You took some notes? Uh, yeah, earlier. <laughs> Mr. Strothers, I have so apologized on introducing you. How are you doing, my friend? I am great, man. I am really great. My wife loves Halloween. My kids love Halloween. It's cold as hell here, and uh, the Halloween parade, the Halloween parade tomorrow, is cool. <laughs> likely to get canceled, which will be a huge bummer. Aww. But uh, other than that, man, things are grand. Fantastic. And Mr. Gonzalez, I know you missed last week. We missed you on the podcast. Less lucked out. Let me tell you why. There's massive fires going on right now in Southern California. I mean, like crazy raging fires. People are evacuated. It's just insane. On my way home, the side of the freeway caught on fire. So they closed down the freeway that I get home with. I only live 25 miles from my work. It took me two hours and 40 minutes to drive 25 miles. Less leaves about two hours after me, gets on the freeway. Fire's done. Cleared up. Yep. I'm still in the streets. Yep. He's at my house already. Yep. He calls me. He's like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, everything seems he's fine. He's like, I'm, I'm cruising. I'm cruising. I'm good. I could have killed him. I'm good. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here because I was worried that you were going to miss again. Yeah, I kind of freaked out. But it, it all opened up, so we're okay for now until new fires start. And- Prayers are with everybody that's mm-hmm. gone through this crazy shenanigans that happens once a year now, it seems like. Everybody. Almost twice yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, twice yeah, this year, year for yeah, sure. It's pretty much awful, awful, season awful. all the time. But are we ready to uh, get into the Weekend Geek? Yeah, let's do this. Let's uh, do the introductions. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Tune into podcasts like Now This Podcasting, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rogue One, Podcast 287, First Order Transmissions, The Cargo Hold, 
Kessel Run Radio, Fingered by Rainy and Jason, Tatooine Sons, and Around the Galaxy, a Star Wars fan podcast. Social media, thesithlist.net, and all the different platforms. Twitter, we'll do those at the end. Instagram, Facebook, find us all over that. And uh, check us out on Public and buy some uh, Sithless shirts and hoodies and onesies and stickers and badges, as Steel Saunders would say. He loves those damn things. Those Just badges. Give him badges. He loves badge badges. Guy. Give him badges. Give him badges. When you see him. Yeah. Also wanted to say a very big happy birthday to our one of our OG listeners. He's nine years old. Alejandro. Uh-huh. I hope he's not a listener. He'll, I know. Oh, I know. Not, Fernando, I'm so happy you let your son listen to us. Oh my God, no. He's been listening since day one. Oh, I hope yeah. he didn't listen to this episode. Oh no. Oh man. Skip I didn't think Andrew. about that. Yeah. Well, hey, well hey, by now. But happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. I hope you have a great birthday and we so appreciate you listening at such a young age. <laughs> we're we're uh, molding the youth of America. Oh God, no. Mm-hmm. Do you think our parents spoke about this stuff? Like, let's be honest. Like, our parents, like, we weren't created by mum and dad sitting on their hands. Like, do you think the generation before us was as stupid as we are? We haven't let the high school talk go. Let's be honest. We're going to be joking about this stuff when we're 70. If I'm, look, I'm not living that long. But you guys will be joking (laughs) about this until you're 70. And it's like, did our dads and our granddads, were they sitting around talking about this sort of stuff? I don't think so. Maybe my dad was. Oh, yeah. He was a person. For sure. There was like some, some major, <laughs> well, Our major kids will shit. be able to check podcasts and go, well, our dads definitely were talking oh, yeah. about this stuff. That's, that's the crazy thing. <laughs> I always think about that. Like, Malik's going to go, in 30 years, he can still listen to this shit. It's going to be on the internet. Well, they probably won't have us on the internet. Oh, it'll be on some kind of files <laughs> yeah it'll be on a little a little hard drive yeah, every yeah. episode will be on a little half yeah, inch hard drive. hollow drive or something <laughs> you guys uh, want to talk a little box office absolutely it threw me off a little bit because earlier i did the show notes and it said that joker won the weekend right everything was all okay joker just beat out maleficent top spot again but very last minute they switched it up maleficent actually made 19.1 million and joker made like 19 so it barely beat out Joker, but Joker is now over $850 million worldwide and has become the highest grossing R-rated feature film in history. And Ryan Reynolds sent the studio Warner Brothers and Joaquin Phoenix, I think he tagged them, a nice Twitter and said, uh, great job. And he says something like that. And if you open the poster, it says, you motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> which is a typical Ryan Reynolds, yes. but good for uh, Warner Brothers um, and good for Joaquin Phoenix. For, uh, I guess, killing it. Les still hasn't seen it, but whatever. Nope. Chris, did you end up watching The Joker? Yeah, yeah. I I was hesitant like Les. I didn't, uh, like with all the discourse around it, I didn't know what to make of it. Mm. And I actually enjoyed the social commentary it raised because Les, like, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but if you're worried about it being a white guy violently taking revenge on bullies. It's not that like there's interesting social commentaries on the health system on all sorts of different stuff. So I, it was very confronting, but it was, it tackled something different. I wasn't expecting when saying it. Okay. You can go see it now. Yeah. Since Chris gave you that. Maybe. Whatever, dude. Whatever. You still might not like it because I don't like, I question the relevance of Joker without Batman. Thank you. But it, it still is an interesting standalone piece and a, an amazingly made film. 
you think? Exactly. You saw Venom without Spider-Man, so relax. Oof. Relax a little bit. <laughs> let's not get it. You weren't here last week. Don't do it. Let's not get let's, into let's, it. Let's not get into it already. <laughs> Over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic. Before the dark times. Before the Empire. Mr. Struthers, there was a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk about. There was. <laughs> there was. There was. There was, man. Well, hey. The, you ready? The, the first big news, okay, was the Mandalorian trailer. Yeah. Yes. Kind of caught us off guard. It was super cool to see, and hopefully a new trailer every Monday is something that we'll get all this month. We're not going to, but hey, who knows? But before we get to that, let's talk about what surprised us immediately following the Mandalorian trailer and that was the big news that King Tom handed to us during the recording of the Bad Motivators which is greatly appreciated that Benioff and Weiss have exited from their plan to make movies for Lucasfilm (laughs) apparently you know they say oh it was totally on the up and up everything's cool and I guess heard today that it's actually been kind of in the it's been a done deal for a little while and they were giving them some time to like shop a, a deal before they put it out there. Right. Holy crap, man. So what do you make of this? Ooh, I have a lot to say, but Chris, uh, let's go with Chris first. Chris, what do you think about this? First, nothing's a happy coincidence. And surely the Mandalorian trailer was a deliberately timed. So there was a bit of a cushion for star Wars fans to be resting on as that news came out. It's a bit to process, like, so there's so much discussion about Lucasfilm burning through people, you know, we had shitty potty play Trank, you know, we <laughs> had we had the Gareth Edwards stuff, which, let's face it, there was big trouble there. Lord and Miller, you know, if you believe rumours, it wasn't announced, but, you know, James Mangold also Tre- tied in with a uh, with a standalone film Trevor Owl, yeah, right? Trevor Owl. um I think we dodged a bullet there yeah I think but so I think it's not uncommon in a creative world to have a lot of changes and pitching of ideas you know anybody that's a child of the 80s and has followed the saga of a masters of the universe movie can tell you that there can be a million different people attached to a project and it still may not see the light of day. And we'll get later on to the Game of Thrones prequel where they went as far as making a pilot and it Ooh. doesn't actually make it. I think <laughs> the the problem is, I feel personally, Lucasfilm love an announcement. They love to be able to go to the fan base. Here's something cool that's coming because the fan base are always going and I'm guilty of it. That's really good. What else are you going to give me? <laughs> and and Lucasfilm have gotten into the, here's our new partnership. Here's our new relationship. Here's what we're doing. And unfortunately, if it doesn't move forward, that whole process then is played out in public, which leads to constant speculation and fear of negativity. And while... I don't think it's like as somebody that wants as much Star Wars content as humanly possible. I'm not one of those people that says I'm I only want quality. I'm willing to take a couple of shitty projects if it means I can pluck some good stuff out of there. It might not be exactly what I'm into. Just give me as much as possible before I die. You know, it's inevitable Star Wars is going to live um, after I'm gone. So I need as much of it now. 
So I always get disappointed when this sort of stuff happens, but I also, I don't think the sky's caving in, but it's a bummer. Like I was, whether their project was going to be, I'm open-minded. I'll take whatever Star Wars gives me. You know, I it doesn't have to be a new project. It doesn't have to sit in a specific era. I'm pretty easygoing, and I would have liked to have seen what they would have done. You know, I'm always hesitant when you're attached to Wolverine Origins, regardless of how good Game of Thrones is. You know, that yeah. makes me go, yeah. I just think yeah, the problem here, the problem here is the announcement. If the fans didn't know, it would have been left to the Jason Wards of the world to be going hey, you guys might not know this, but in the background, something cool was being worked on. It just never made the light of day, like the Moss Eisley project that we had heard about. Mm. But instead, we've had announcements at celebrations, you know, press releases and stuff like this, and it really does lead to fan disappointment. Yeah, and I think a lot of the time, the announcements are to to let the shareholders know that there's some excitement coming down the road. They're always doing something. They're always making the next step. Right, right. What I don't understand is, I'm obviously a huge Game of Thrones fan, a lot, a lot of us sitting in this room. What I don't understand is the, oh, well, there we're going to suck anyways aspect of it because of the last episode or because they said something stupid at a, at a press conference a couple weeks ago. And most of the people that are talking shit on them don't watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They are just assuming that they were going to just bungle up a Star Wars film without giving them a chance at all at it. From what I've seen from Game of Thrones, and I've said this multiple times, it's some of the most unbelievable cinematic theater I've ever seen on a screen. And if they can pull that off without doing themes and all that, whatever the hell that they said, that they did not into themes and the themes are for junior high school, whatever the fuck they said. I, they also said that they didn't know what they were doing when they were making Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They just got it. Well, that makes me even more excited. If they don't know what they're fucking doing and they pulled that off, I can't imagine now if they have any inkling of what they're doing, what they could do with Star Wars. And this is happening again where a bandwagon of fuck those guys is happening. And and, and all of a sudden people are just jumping on the bandwagon without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to see three Star Wars movies. Allegedly, they were going to do a trilogy that they had the idea for, by the way. They pitched their idea. I was talking to King Tom about this earlier. Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger had them for a specific storyline. They went in there and said, no, we don't want to do that storyline. Because I remember Iger talking about this. He said that they pitched an idea and they were blown away by that idea. And so they said, you know what? You guys take that and do your thing. So we're not going to get that Mm -hmm. as far as I know. And if we are going to get it, it's not going to be their vision of it. No. So yeah, I'm bummed out. It's not the end of the world. We're going to get Star Wars. We're going to get shows. Chris is right. The Mandalorian trailer came out and we're like, oh, that's fuck it. Who cares? Shit about that. (laughs) But yeah, I'm bummed out. And I'm bummed out that the pilot didn't work out. Obviously, it wasn't that great. I was bummed out. That was close to a Raj's leave Britney alone moment. I was almost there. I got more passionate for that <laughs> than the Britney thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the other thing, the other thing that I, I find interesting is, you know, you guys touched on it. A lot of the, a lot of the separations that Disney, Disney Star Wars has had yeah. from directors and other creators and stuff like that. A lot of them have been legitimate and uh, we're thankful for them. But it seems interesting that this is turning into a regular thing. I I understand that Star Wars is something onto it onto itself, and it has to be Star Wars. It has its feel. Mm. It has its je ne sais quoi. There we go. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, you're so um, French high school. Yeah. So so I, I understand that, but it kind of seems like the tiger grip that they have on this 
on this brand is almost going to shoot them in the foot later as far as not being able to grow and expand and change and turn into something that can last hopefully another 40 years, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. It just seems kind of like if, if I were a creator, I'd be, I'd be wary because at any moment I could, you know, be fired or we could separate it. We have different ideas or things like that. And it also doesn't help that, that they signed a massive uh, Netflix. Well, that's contract. what I was going to ask King yeah. Tom. Cause I know King Tom read this and I know Erica did as well. I, Kathleen Kennedy, what I heard today, well, the things that came out was that she didn't think that they could juggle both. Mm-mm. And if Kathleen Kennedy thinks that I am behind Kathleen Kennedy, yeah. she knows what the fuck she's doing. Mm-hmm. I get it. I totally mm-hmm. get it. And I support whatever decision she makes. And you know, we're going to get great star Wars, but the response of what happened was what threw me off. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, and everybody takes the chance to go, well, fuck Kathleen Kennedy too, because she doesn't know what she's doing. Well, and she's, you know what I mean? or yeah, yeah. Or the, or the game it, of Thrones it, it, fans it, go, fuck Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, she didn't she, want to work with them. Yeah. Right. It's, it's this whole thing. And you know what? People leave companies all the time. Like people leave projects and go take up other projects. We thought you left us time. last week because of that. Yeah. I had a project in the works and just, <laughs> I wasn't able to juggle both. So it didn't mm. work out, I think so. that before our two star Wars experts that people actually want to hear from jump. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm holding it off. I'm tickling your bum holes with a feather to stay on theme. Yeah. Um, I think the the biggest thing this leads to, to me as a fan, is their next announcement. I'm going to be believer when I see it. And mm. I love getting this reference in every chance I get because I love them. Guns N' Roses, Chinese Democracy. Chinese Democracy. You know, um, that album was coming, it was coming, and it was coming, and it got to a point that it was like, I'll believe it when I have album in hand. And I'm playing the disc. Um, very right. old reference for your kids at home. That's an oh, old media form that used to it. exist. Um, and now, like, if you guys were at Celebration <laughs> next year, I know you'll get caught up in the hype. If they walk somebody out on stage and say, such and such is doing this and it's coming out in 2024 and get excited, you will in that moment. And then the podcast you record the next day talking about the news will be, but we'll see if it actually happens. And right. that's the bummer from this in... The fooled us one too many times for us to really be able to believe something's a reality. Because even if you believe the news of the Cassian show, that we've actually had the actors talking about the project and stuff like that, that thing isn't going well to the point I, I'm not sure that's coming out. You know, and right. and it's like, it's just a bummer that. I, we won't be able to trust their announcements as fans. That's the biggest bummer to come from this. I'm a lot like Chris in that I want as much Star Wars, and I am bummed that these are two or three Star Wars movies that we won't be getting. But at the same time, I am kind of glad, and I'm going to be totally honest with you, I am glad it's not from these guys. Araj, I trust your judgment. I trust Les's judgment. I trust Boo's judgment. I know you guys are huge Game of Thrones Thrones fans, and your opinion of the show is what's keeping me from being like, fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. What is the reason for fuck those guys? Okay, because in my view, what have they done original? Hmm. Right, what ideas we, have they but we talked. We, we, ha- but we talked about this, King Tommy and you have. What, what did the Russo brothers do original? Yeah, Araj, but the one thing I will answer to King Tom, and it's not a good answer, yeah. is they had that idea for that Confederate show. Yeah. And that's, that was very tone deaf. Exactly. That's the one thing. The Russo brothers, they had the underlying structure of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They had Captain America. They had the Winter Soldier story from 
the comic books. They had that to work with. Star, if you have Benioff and Weiss in Star Wars, you're going to be having the Force, lightsabers, spaceships. You're not really going to be having characters or situations for them to develop off of. You know, I I understand that. I understand that. And it's, it's true that, yeah, they will be working, you know, they're producing. They're not writing it themselves. They're not directing it themselves. They're working within a system. So they they would have that going for them. But the other things they've said, like the themes are for seventh graders or some of the other things they've said in in this interview or whatever, this appearance they gave this weekend. I just instinctually, I don't trust them. But your opinion of them balances that out. So I'm just giving you my honest opinion. That's why I'm not I'm I'm, there again. They're not the first people. Or the tenth people I would want to see developing a Star Wars movie. The the other thing, and I you know I think there's a lot of anxiety in the Star Wars fandom right now because we have the quote unquote last movie of the saga coming out. Everyone is nervous. Everyone <laughs> is anxious. And so, like you guys were saying, people want to make things appear like they're worse and they're not. And this is Kathleen's decision. And I would rather have her cut ties with someone who she thinks either wouldn't work out or who would have too many things going on to develop a good Star Wars movie. But at the same time, you have people like J.J. Abrams. He's made two Star Wars movies. Ryan Johnson made a Star Wars movie on time and on budget. It said it was the most personal filmmaking experience he's ever had. And further, you want to talk about developing new things. You have John Favreau coming in from outside, yet he's kind of worked with them before. He's developed a TV series that they are using as the bedrock of their streaming service. You have these other directors, the four or five of them, no drama there working within the system. So yeah, there are some people it doesn't work for, but we have to remember the success stories stories too, because they are there. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's been so many success stories and having these guys fall off because they can't juggle it. It's totally acceptable. Just yeah. don't understand the crazy backlash. There's a passion about, yeah. With I totally get it. Apart. And I a hundred percent agree yeah. with you, King Tom. The Confederate show was a stupid idea um, that HBO greenlit that stupid idea. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, man in the high castle is the same exact premise as that Confederate show. And the man in the high castle is doing extremely well. I'm not saying it was a good idea. It was no. fucking ridiculously stupid. Yes, and that's the point. So it's it may be just a little tough in this day and age to be able to sit back and watch a show. You know, the not Confederacy get... is one, and you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. This is yeah, a fucking it's, it, 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 it's yeah. a different not story if there's other things. Go ahead, Chris. If, a ger- if German people were making the show about the roles reversed of World War Two, it it would probably come across poorer. Yeah. Right. Than what it is. So perhaps the idea of two uh, uh, two American white boys making a <laughs> yeah making not, a Confederate like it's very it's very not the, very not fucking the, tough. Not the yeah, smartest man, thing. It's not. I, I, I agree. I, with I just you, worry Tom. about. I just worry about this like bandwagon. We've talked about this multiple times. Yeah, it's a mob mentality. Getting, it's like a mob mentality oh, that, sure, that yeah. just starts like. Like snowballing, and it, it's like like a tumbleweed, and just gets bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, people that haven't even watched the show or give a shit about these two guys, all of a sudden are like, "Fuck those yeah. guys!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get you get not. It. I'm saying you, King Tom, because I know no, you, yeah, you you research, you know your shit. I'm I'm talking stuff, about yeah. like this is just Joe Schmo, Joe Schmo out there. 
Well, here, whatever. Here's, ahead, here's the here's the thing with that, man. And you're absolutely right, because stuff like that happens all the time. People, it becomes popular to feel a certain way about a thing that you don't know about. And this is just one more example of it. And uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll give this as an example. Uh, so take Taylor Swift. Yes, I love Taylor Swift. Ha ha ha. She gets <laughs> she's winning this award. Right. So people start shitting on her because they don't think she deserves it. But they honestly don't know anything about her. They're just like, oh, she's just writing songs about ex-boyfriends. And, well, this person said this must be the thing. So, ha, 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 that's quite witty and funny. And the next thing you know, there's this huge pile on over something that people really have no idea about. So you take these guys. Yeah, every, there's tons of people who never watched Game of Thrones ever, like myself. But they're like, yeah, they wrecked that last season. You don't even know. You didn't even see it. You're 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 just echoing things that you've heard. Yeah. And it just becomes this this like reverb mess where the, all the reflections keep coming back and people just keep sending them out again with a new twist on it. Mm. So then you end up with what you've got here. But here's the deal with that. It'll get said. It'll be done. And people will forget about it fairly quickly. Right. They get all wound up about things. We've had several things like that happen of late that I, unfortunately, some of them never go away, but that's the different story. But I do want to point out, man, fresh hit it on the head here. This sort of thing happens in creative business and in, I mean, in any business all the time. The problem is, is that they've been so excited about Star Wars and trying to make sure that people are thinking about it and talking about it constantly once Star Wars was back, baby, that they jump the gun and shout this out before there's anything to really be sure of. Right. But these these sorts of deals in any other creative, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, property, is that happens constantly where stuff gets made or stuff gets pitched. Hey, that sounds cool. Let's see where it goes. And then they hit a wall and they're like, you know what? That wasn't any good. The only difference is, is nobody knows about it because they're not out there going, guess what? We're going to try. And that's their mistake. The mistake isn't the managing of the business on the back end. It's the PR part on the front end where they're like, man, we need something to give them. We got to, got to make sure people are saying star Wars. Let's do this. If it wasn't for that, no, this would just be business as usual. Right. It's not like there's some crazy thing going on that, oh my gosh, they're off the rails and spinning out of control. No, they're not. They're just like every other property. They're just, the the problem with them is they're shouting it out the front before it's a thing. They're, and that's the mistake. And give Kathleen Kennedy Bob Iger credit. It's that's not an easy move to make. Those two guys are pretty beloved, and you know the Game of Thrones. Other than the last episode, it was the biggest show in the history of television. One of them. And, and not only that, they're and, not getting rid of these guys at the end of you know in the middle of a project. Right? They're like, you, you know guys I mean? can't deal with this. We're gonna move on. And for them to have the balls to do that, you got to give them credit because this Star Wars is their baby, and they don't want anything to be tainted. The Lord and Miller thing, the same way. Now, those guys went ahead yeah, and made one of the about. best animated feature films in the history of, of animated feature films, and they won an Oscar for it. But they didn't like their style, and they didn't like their version, so they did not want to put out that kind of Star Wars. And that's 100% fine with me. I, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I, I agree with King Tom. You can't really play too much. You can't say, okay, I got lightsabers. I have light speed. And I have the force and go, here's what we're creating. You know, you can do that with video games. 
like with the Star Wars video games, you can kind of play around and do some little. They had talks with Lucas. Lucas went yeah, to the Game of Thrones fan. Yeah, they, they, were sit, they had sit downs with him, and I'm sure they were going to have more sit downs with him. But to try to like you know delineate or who knows what that original thing could have been, and just not have the full commitment to see it through properly. Is a, yeah, is a no, that, that part I agree. Risk, that, you know? you, you, if That's you do Star Wars, risk. you need to be 100% yeah, in. So they need to, yeah. and you know what? I'll, let's be honest here. They're more than likely going to make some pretty cool shit for Netflix. Yeah, they will. But let's that, be cool. Good let's for be them. real here. They, and as much as people may want to be like, oh, well, they were never going to do representation or any of those kinds of things, I will let them prove themselves at another point. Yeah. This is a chance for them to prove themselves. This is a chance for them to go off and do their own thing and step out of the shadow because they, had handled a major property in in Song of Ice and Fire. Maybe also that's the other thing. It's Star Wars. It's like you can't go to Coca Cola and be like, "Yeah, let's go ahead and do this thing." You know, like Star Wars is a major. Fucking but the thing property. is, they did. They went to yes. Coca Cola and said, "Let's yeah. do this thing." And Coca Cola said, "Fuck yeah, that sounds amazing." Yeah. Not only are you going to do this thing, I'm going to forget about what I was going to pitch you. Do your thing. Is Star Wars a place for people to prove themselves? Well, it recently is. If you think it's about getting it, getting there, yeah, it's getting it there. But it also, get, it could be, it could be. That. I mean, Gareth Edwards wasn't a huge time director, and they gave him Rogue One, even though they cut the shit up. But then again, completely, but you have he, King Tom's got a great point because you can take a Stephen King novel and prove yourself with that. And you know, he's actually a guy that enables people to do those for them to go. Okay, I'm jumping into Star Wars, which has got a rabid fucking fan base, and you know, it's. Yeah, but it's a catch twenty two. It is a catch. Let 22. me tell you why it's a catch twenty two. Because people complain about Star Wars not being diverse enough, not having enough female directors, all of that stuff. If you're going to keep on with that same formula of you better like be proven in order to make a Star Wars film, we'll never get any of that. Yeah. Oh, and you're, you're right about that. Safe. And I love and the, the fact that the Mandalorian. Look at the directors on the Mandalorian. It's like a United Nations of. of directors this is amazing genders race it's it's unbelievable um do you guys feel i know everybody's gone well there's feige but when i heard the feige announcement that his job was uh, his title has changed at marvel and perhaps he's taking a bit more of marvel under his wing Mm. the second i heard that news i haven't had a chance to really record about it is i was like well there goes that then Mm. like my brain even before the benioff and wife stuff was already in defeated mode of his his things like if you've got if you've got this mega marvel franchise that ship is sailing so smoothly why on earth <laughs> right. like even if you are a fan like just time alone stepping into the galaxy far far away seems unlikely to me but let me tell you why, Chris. Let me tell you why. It's because when somebody says Kevin Feige's involved with something, Scorsese has the same effect. Scorsese, the executive producer on this film. Oh, shit, it's got to be good. Even though Scorsese might not have had any kind of influence on the film. When Kevin Feige's involved in the new episodes, instantly go, oh, it's going to be fucking cool. So even if he's a consultant on it, it gives it that, you know, sense of, okay, we're going to be fine. Feige's involved. You know, we, we mentioned earlier that they do this announcement for us, the fans, and they do. But a lot of this is done for the shareholders, too. Yeah. Uh, back in May, you know, they unveiled that huge eight or nine year plan that had Star Wars movies and Avatar movies and alternating Decembers out through 2026. That's why a lot of this stuff happens to yeah. keep the shareholders happy, to keep the stock up. And, and yet... 
it also takes a hit when stuff like this happens, but that's the reason for the announcement. And they do these to make money. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Eric's right. People forget within two, three weeks. Yeah. That's it. People forget. Uh, we got a email from Dylan. 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 Yeah. Hey, Sith <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I want to start this email by thanking you guys for putting out a great podcast week after week. Thanks, dude. I know it's not easy getting together each week. So thank you guys for consistently putting together a great show after show. He's now giving this, us a hand job. <laughs> compliment now, the Star Wars spinoffs have featured unique music from the typical score we're used to. Mm. I was watching Tron the other day when I remember that the soundtrack for that movie was done by Daft Punk. Awesome. Yeah. Not surprisingly, it's a great soundtrack. As a huge Daft Punk fan mm-hmm. and a huge Star Wars fan, I couldn't help but imagine what they do for Star- the Star Wars universe. Hell, they already look like droids in the universe. They True. could even have a cameo. I know I'm in the minority, but I'd like to see the spinoffs in TV series take a break from the typical score experiment with some different music i'd love to hear your thoughts on this wow great great uh thoughts there dylan thank you for the email by the way and uh, mm-hmm. anytime you want to give us hand jobs please <laughs> feel free mm-hmm. i love daft punk as well i know boo's a big fan of daft yep. punk i would absolutely love to have maybe on the, one of the tv shows to have them score it why not we get really excited when we hear new music on the, in the trailers and mm-hmm. we're like oh that sounds different that doesn't sound like the typical star wars and we get all really excited about it so why not? If John Williams is not going to do it, which he's not going to, that would be cool to, to uh, open it up to other people. And I know Eric is our professional musician here. What's your uh, take on this? While I think the idea is cool, right now I'm so entrenched in the orchestral style music is what Star Wars does thing. So I, I'm not adverse to it. Okay. I would just maybe start out slow. So I don't freak out, (laughs) but it's a cool idea. Baby steps, baby steps. You do sort of get into a position where there's only so much more you can do. Let's, let's break some ground. So I could see that being a thing. Yeah. I I think as far as, you know, you got to have the, it's almost like a, a grand entrance is the orchestral music, you know, the beginning, you know, fuck, this is star Wars. But I think for other scenes, you know, you know, you know, whatever, you know, plug in pod racing scene or tie fighters or whatever the fuck you want to do. You, you just know, said the, plug in. I just want to throw that out there. I know I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other things, you know, the, the, you know, the, the good guy versus the bad guy scene, you know, things like that. I think other music would be perfect. You want to hear like BTO. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it, instead of having, you know, duel of the fates was just fucking fantastic. You could have something else that has a different feel to it mm. kind of thing. You know, give it a, give it a different, I don't know, maybe even speed to the uh, to what's happening in in the scene, whatever scene it is. So yeah, so I, I think it should have its bookends of orchestral music, but I think in the middle you have a lot of space that you could work with. I'm with Eric on this one. In I know I, I hear from a lot of people. I want Star Wars to explore different times. I want them to do different things. You know, why is it focused on the Force? Why is it focused on this? That's what makes it Star Wars. Like, and I I think sometimes like a criticism of the Joker movie was that movie could have been a, just a different character. It didn't have to be the Joker in a good movie. I'm not sure what's the point of a Star Wars project that could be space mumbo jumbo number five. Mm. And you've just put the Star Wars title on there to lure fans into it. That to me, that's not in the spirit of what we love. And I don't want to turn into 
you know, I to use a wrestling analogy, they always say about Vince McMahon, who owns the WWE, that he's ashamed of the fact it's wrestling, and he'll do everything to like call it sports entertainment. You'll do everything under the sun to try and not make people feel that it's wrestling. And I don't want to be a Star Wars fan that's ashamed that something I'm watching is Star Wars. So things like the Force, things like lightsabers, things like bounty hunters, um, things like smugglers, um, the music, that's what makes it Star Wars. And if it doesn't have anything like that, then it's not Star Wars. Good point. But the problem is that some of them, I'm not going to say you're millennial, but you are. Some of the millennials <laughs> don't feel that way. And those are the ones that yeah. we have to hold and make sure they still love Star Wars. Because if they don't, we're in trouble because we're all going to die off. Yeah. yeah. I think the way to do it, if you're going to do something like that, and I don't fully know how ready I am for this, but I think they would do it on TV and... As good as Daft Punk is at what they do, I would rather see a guy like Mark Mothersbaugh, mm. who, you know, he was in Devo. He's yeah. done a ton of film scores. He did uh, Thor Ragnarok. He did all the Wes Anderson movies. He mm. can do all those different types of styles. So I have a feeling he could do the orchestral and mix that with something more modern. And I think that would be the way to do it if you choose to do it. Or like a Trent Reznor, who has become a amazing mm-hmm. composer. That alone would be for like a Crimson Dawn kind of thing. That would be kind of cool. Do we want to watch the trailer and, and talk gush, about gush it, gush over, over it, gentlemen, or do we want to just talk about it? What do you think? I know, Chris, you only have till about another 20 minutes, correct? Yeah, I got, a, I got about another half hour to 45 minutes. Okay, um, Yeah, I, look, I don't think we need to break it down because it didn't right. feel that we saw a lot that we haven't seen in images or footage like that. And it's the show's so close to where we're at. But what I will say about it is how cool does it look? Yeah. Good. And this ties into the music in you watching it and it's a gentle guide into now Star Wars television because it feels like a movie. Yes. Right? Right. It doesn't feel like this is a dramatic, cheap shift away from what we've seen on screen. So I don't feel I'm going to sit down, um, thanks to popcorn time here in Australia, because Disney Plus launches a week later. I don't feel I'm about to sit. I don't feel I'm about to sit down and watch um, a Farscape version of Star Wars. No offense mm. to Farscape fans. Yeah, do I feel like I'm going to sit down and watch something that gives my beloved Star Wars justice. And that's why with the music thing, I think, you know, we have to be, Eric's 100% right, we have to be eased in. And I think The Mandalorian is going to be the perfect ease into us accepting Star Wars now in a television medium. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And watching that trailer, again, in my head, I was like, if we're going to get eight of these, I don't think we're going to miss the movies that much. Because they look like freaking, every if every episode is going to look like that, they're they're movies. Yes, and and was it and it, it eight episodes, multiple seasons, you know. And if this is just the beginning, hell, this is a great first oh step. Great first step. My God, it looks it looks amazing. We don't have to break it down. There's nothing to really break down other than it looks unbelievable. And the aliens look great. Storyline looks cool. We get to hear Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. from finally and sounding like a badass. 
I'm all, I mean, I don't, I didn't need to be all in, but I, I am all in even more. Totally. Yeah, man. I mean, I didn't need to be sold on this. But <laughs> yeah. Geez, it's, it's so good. The visuals are stunning and the, there's some like really cool, I don't want to say callbacks, but borderline Easter eggs in here where you see like super battle droids. Yeah. yeah. Very and cool. That's rad, man. I wasn't expecting it. And dude, every time I see Werner Herzog and hear his voice, what a get for this. Mm-hmm. Seriously, what a get. I, I think that that's a, an amazing actor and to Bill have Burr, there. And Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not a big Star Wars fan either. He's like, no, I'm going to fucking do it. That's I'm what he said. Do it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. shit. I know. What is it? Yeah, seeing uh, Herzog in there is great. I just really hope that he's in there for more than one episode because people are just gushing about it the entire no, time and then suck. it's like just one episode he gets put in carbonite all right it's over oh that would suck <laughs> bye guys I, I will ask you guys this do you think that kid in there is actually the mandalorian and is, is that a flashback no. you don't think so no i i think no, it's fl- i think it's we, flashback we've heard rumors that like the MacGuffin of the entire thing is that kid i think the MacGuffin's a, a baby i think and i think i don't know yeah Maybe you're right. I, I'm just, but, that'd be but, interesting. I mean, well, here's the thing. I let's say it could be because it's, it's supposed to be that he, Pedro Pascal, is the Mandalorian. He's actually Mandalorian. He no, but I think yeah. I'm thinking I could be totally wrong about this. But you're gonna see a flashback of Mandalore being torn apart. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? It is a shame that your people suffered. She doesn't well, say, he doesn't say galaxy. He doesn't say universe. That is the scene with the super battle droids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Kid. Yeah. That's so the scene with the super battle droids. Time. That's exactly what, I, what I'm thinking. Um, are, are we going to see Ahsoka, Rush? I, I mean, if you're going to show Ahsoka. Sorry, Brittany. If yeah. you're going to see Ahsoka. Well, she doesn't want to see Ahsoka? No, she, she just doesn't get the Ahsoka appeal that much. Of, of, well, especially from you. It's just funny. Oh, I'm I'm not like a massive Ahsoka fan. I know, but I just think you, that you just want to see her she, so she's bad. She's so beloved that if you're gonna ever have her, have Filoni direct the episode that she comes out on. That would be cool. That's that, it. Oh, and I would assume that, that would be touching. Yeah, he would demand it. Yeah. Ever had a ever had a spank to a fully grown Ahsoka Raj? Never, never, not yet. Yeah, there's fan art out there. But even so, the fact that we're having a discussion about super battle droids, Mandalore yeah, being torn so apart, and the prospect weird. that we're going to see this live action on TV, like, yeah, like as much as we get bummed out about bad stuff, how fucking cool is that? Yeah, that's unbelievable. And he's taking things from not just from the prequels, but from Clone Wars, obviously. John Favreau is the perfect guy for this. Start this kind of franchise for television. I mean, you can't get a better person than that. All right. Is that the, all the Star Wars stuff we got there? Uh, I think so, man. I know makingstarwars.net has been down. The internet, the site's been down for a while. I think they're doing a whole reconstruction of it. So stay tuned for well, most of Migration, right? Yeah, I think so. And But Jason has been going to the set. I, I'm going to try to go to the set very soon with him, which would be great. Maybe I could take some pictures while I'm there and send it to you guys. There is that. Now, let's get into this. I want to talk about this because this was the talk of the town for about a day or so. Judd Apatow. Now, you might love Judd Apatow's movies. You might not like his movies to stand up. I got to see him do stand up randomly at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. He showed up with a book and he went out and did 40 minutes. Wasn't that great? But I enjoyed Judd Apatow's movies, some of his movies. Um, he was 
very vocal about Netflix's decision to begin testing a variable playback speed feature, which allows viewers to watch TV shows and movies at a slower or faster speed. And this has drawn some huge criticisms amongst filmmakers and actors like Judd Apatow and Brad Bird and, and a bunch of other people. Aaron Paul went crazy over it. And I know that Eric was pretty vocal on Twitter about this. And then uh, some people in DM groups got into it. So I wanted to get everybody's take. And I wanted to play devil's advocate on this. Now, my I personally believe that you should watch the film, how they produced it and how they want you to watch it. But I don't believe that somebody has the right to tell you how to ingest that art. That makes sense. If I want to watch if I want to look at the Mona Lisa with one eye it's your closed, it's my choice. Maybe I interpret it in a different way. That's, that's my whole take on this. Do right. I want to watch shows sped up? No. Yeah. I don't. If the stuff that I genuinely want to watch, I am not going to consume it in that manner because I'm not going to get what I want to get out of it. However, if like, here's an example that I'll use is like uh, guitar tutorials on how to play this or that. Yeah. Dude, I watched that at accelerated speed because, oh my God, the pacing sucks and I don't want to sit through it. Get me to what I want and let's just do this thing. Or if it's something that I have to consume because of somebody I'm talking to. Okay, I'm going to be talking to this person about this and here's what they're going to want to talk about. I, mean, I don't have time for this. Let's just crank that thing up to 1.5 and do this. Let's get it done and get through it. But That's Eric, do great. You, but do you, do you consider those tutorials art? No, but I'm just using that as an example of why fast speed playback might be valuable to somebody. Am I going to want to watch a movie that I love like that? No, I'm not. But am I going to watch a movie like that that um, I know somebody is going to want to talk about? Like, let's say we're going to talk about a movie on this show. It's on Netflix. Hey, man, here's this movie. We're recording tomorrow. Can you watch this? Yeah, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to crank it up to 1.5. Um, that's but do i want to consume movies like that absolutely not however you can't tell somebody that that's not how they're gonna do it it's a slippery slope you know what people are gonna watch your shit on their fucking phone with no headphones on listening to it coming out of the speakers on a little tiny ass screen are you gonna tell them don't you dare do that because there's detail in there that you can't see if you do that Blah, 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 blah. Of course, that's not how you intended for them to, to consume it. But the problem comes when you tell them that absolutely under no circumstance shall you do this. Well, here's what you do. You make your distribution deal to where, all right, you don't allow this feature on there or you don't let Netflix have it. Well, that's, that what, that's what he's, that's what he's right. considering. He's saying that they'll get behind somewhere where it'll be in contracts where you will not be able to do that. Good. See, go ahead. But here's my last thing about it, and this is the last thing I'll say. It's his attitude. Yeah. Listen, Netflix, I'm a big fucking deal. Don't make me get all my director friends to fight you on this because <laughs> I will and I'll win. Jesus Christ. How about just instead of telling people they can't, why don't you maybe try educating them on why they shouldn't? That's, uh, as, as somebody that loves telling people to stop listening to my own podcast, knowing <laughs> I can't control whether they're listening to it or not. I will say you can't be stopped, but you can be judged. And if you dare are listening to this very podcast on 1.5, fuck you, (laughs) right? 
And you savages that want to listen to podcasts, watch TV shows and movies in 1.5 or even 2. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, these these children today, it's ridiculous. Back in my day, we had to sit there in front of the TV at a specific time and had to take in content that, that way. Right. My That's children right. would have no concept. If I said to them, if you want to see this particular thing, you have to be here at 7.30 and you need to take this out. This is old man fresh now. He, he's ranting. Oh, yeah, preach, but baby, let, preach. Let, I, I can understand as an artist that you want your work to be viewed a certain way, but it, it certainly can't be controlled. But it is, I will say, as somebody that's produced content, it, it's, it is disappointing if, like, I feel some nuances get lost. Like, even if you're listening to a podcast, like, there's pauses and then giggles and stuff that help you pick up the humor and stuff. But that's on that person, like, they're missing the experience and that's their choice and they can go ahead and do that. Like, it, this is something we can't stop. Like, I secretly believe King Tom with books skips a couple of pages and that's he how he to. actually finishes them so quick. And that's, that's not the first, prerogative. not on the first read. Uh, he reads the first two pages of the first chapter and then the last two pages of the last chapter. That's, that's how he does it. We will judge you, though. Let me tell you this, though. Let's let's take a podcast as an example. Pacing is relative to what happens before it and after it. Any given moment, the pacing of it feels dramatic because you're comparing it to the moment before it and the moments following it. The human brain can interpret speech at a rate that you wouldn't believe. It's so much faster than how we talk. And if you get yourself in the right frame of mind, it becomes to where it sounds completely normal to you. I'm just telling you from experience, that's when it comes to just speech, you can take it in and get everything out of it at a much accelerated rate. And again, the, the dramatic pauses are still pauses, and they're a percentage of the, the moment before it. it it's all relative. <laughs> get the life nerd. I, I, I get that people don't dig that, but I'm going to tell you right now, I couldn't listen to the amount of podcasts I do without listening to them slightly faster than standard speed. Uh-oh. You hear that, Chris? I, I, I shook my head, but like, I, I, maybe it's an old man thing, because I don't know if you guys have this. I now... I used to be able to drive a car and have music up really loud. Mm. And I now have this thing of, I can't concentrate <laughs> with all this noise. Like, and it's like, I, I don't know what happened exactly. Like, it's, it's so bizarre. It's like noise all of a sudden stops me from being able to do simple tasks <laughs> that Dude, I was once able to do. I just age. had to tell my kids, I'm trying to back out of a parking space and I turn <laughs> the radio down. And I tell him, I need you guys to shut up so I can back out of here. I totally get what you're saying. What's great, the new car is just the radio goes down once you, once you put it in really? reverse. Yeah, it's fantastic. Right. Yeah, I have a car. Look the radio you, goes down. Look at you, money bag. Oh, not even. I don't drive a, a fancy car at all. But the, another great part is when you, you get a phone call, the air conditioning goes down so you can have a conversation. Wait, wait, wait. So what? You're telling me that your window goes up and down automatically. Or no, I still have to crank it. I still have to crank it. Power windows. What's cranking? What I mean, crank you. the windows. You. Boo, you have no idea. When we watch cable back, Back in the day, we had a we couldn't even get we couldn't even change the channel without getting up and moving the thing from left to right. Do you guys remember those and the cable boxes where you have to go? Drrr, drrr. Mm-hmm. Oh my yep. gosh! 
Dude, oh, no remote controls. VCR. Why? Why didn't you have a remote? They didn't have remotes then for the yeah. cable box. There was no cable well, box. I, there was no programming. No, in no, no, no. But like the TV had a. You remote. could turn it on and off and volume up and down. Yeah, but all you could do is turn your TV on and off. So you had the you HBO had cable, cable box cable had a hundred channels on there, and you had to move a dial to left to right. Dude. See, but stuff like that is like a loaf of bread was invented for like 200 or something years and then somebody's like you know what we should slice this already and then sell it it's, it seems like what if you have a remote you know i i understand things are different but it seems like one of those where you have one thing hey how about we do this it, it yeah, takes well, somebody look, a long I, time to put other things it just together. wasn't there damn okay. first of all it was called a clicker instead of a remote it was a clicker <laughs> give me the tv clicker where's the tv clicker at? dude my first vcr had a corded remote Yes. What? A oh, corded. Shit. Yes. Yeah. I don't and remember you, those. You couldn't put it in full on rewind from it. You could only rewind while the playback heads were on there, mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> to scan through it. If you really wanted to rewind a thing, you had to stop and get up and go do it. But it also only had like X number of channels because you could record stuff off TV. That was the miracle of it. Yeah. But you had to tune each channel. There was like, I don't remember, 12 buttons and under each one was a little tuning dial so that like it didn't have to be channel two, three, four, five, six, and so on and so on. You could have like channel four, channel seven, channel blah. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, dude. And that was like a technological wonder. I remember that. I remember that. But then the cable boxes came that had the numbers on top of it. That's what I'm talking about. So you, Those you, are the box I'm talking about. No, the, but you didn't have to run a dial. You could actually just press. The oh, numbers. I never had that. Yeah, that was that. my first one. Was you uh, go and you how turn long? It on and you want Disney Channel? You just press zero three. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Numbers. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. okay. How long we until they started putting cable clock TV on it? until 1995? 1995, really? And it had it had like five channels on it. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Yeah, what, it was a revolution. Was uh, MT- MTV one of the channels? Uh, no, that didn't come in until 96. I actually stayed up and watched the debut what? of MTV because wow. I was so excited. Wow, that's the con- cool. The condominium complex my stepfather lived in didn't have cable until the late 90s. Oh, oh those are the worst. Damn. You, had, you couldn't do your own. You had to wait for them to put it in. Yep. And if yep. you, yeah, you had to wait for them, and then you could get it through them, and you yeah. can get it through your neighbor too, if you know. Yeah, so you could slice, you know, splice do the little shit. splice mm-hmm. thing, but yeah. Oh, yet man. another reason why I liked weekends at my father's. <laughs> What's funny is Booze look, is looking at us like he's like, "What are you, you guys, guys are talking fucking about? Cavemen? What's you guys have fire fucking too? Brat. That's what you are. <laughs> You've experienced a thumbhole, Boo. We I know, right? That's yeah. what we got to do. No wonder you guys yeah. did that shit. You guys are fucking bored. Yeah, we had time on our hands. God, that's what you damn, do. You guys are working on your night moves too, yeah, huh? Right. Working on night moves. Callback. Damn, yeah. Dude, heard about that. It's like these young guys are like, "Wait a minute. You mean your parents were once married to each other at all?" Yes. They just, now we just skip past all that. That's yeah, true. Really. That's true. Okay, how long until the cable box came with a clock on it? Oh, a digital clock? Yeah. Uh, uh, mine had an analog uh, clock on it. Mid-80s. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Shit, you have a sundial too? Oh, shit, it's dark. We, ain't, we don't know what time it is. I don't remember. Garage had to wind it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn. I don't remember when the clock, but it was cool having it. Oh, look, the time. It's great. Dude, I don't remember. Remember when you wanted to play your Atari and you had to go and move the thing on the back of the yes. TV? The oh, RF yeah. modulator. With, with the RF modulator with the, with the hooks? The with the hooks yeah. and you have to screw it in? It's the worst. <laughs> you didn't have to deal with that. You didn't struggle. Yeah, you you damn money. kids. Damn it. And then you, you bought the one that had the multiple heads on it, so you just screwed all of them in there and you were like, all right, we're good. No, we didn't do that. Oh, we did. We did. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, that was a good callback. Well, speaking of cable boxes and all that stuff, this is a good segue. Wow, that's that's a that's a segue. HBO Max. Your opinions on HBO Max? It looks like HBO spent an insane amount of money. I heard two billion dollars just to get the the products that they wanted the uh, the rights to all kinds of crazy stuff and a real big Disney move right there. Oh, like crazy Disney move! They're going to have the Looney Tunes, Hanna Barbera stuff. They're going to have. Uh, South Park, they spent $400 million or something to get the rights really? to South Park. Yeah, That's and it? they're going to have South Park and they're going to have Ren and, um, Rick and Morty. They're going to have all the Warner Brothers stuff. They're going to have original content and with like did, A-listers doing it. Did they it. just buy Turner or just, uh, what is it, since they are Turner, did they just like they went and got everything? They, well, they got the classic movie channel too, so they're going to have Casablanca and they're going to have all the old classics as well. They're going to have the Lord of the Rings, the Matrix all the Conjuring films. Robert Zemeckis is doing stuff for them. Wait, 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 wait. New CW have, shows are going to be streamed on there. I saw that. They're going to have all new anime from Crunchyroll? Yes, new anime from Crunchyroll. They're going to have every episode of The Not West Wing, which is, I'm a huge fan of The West Wing. Th- that means all this stuff is going to be taken out of Netflix, by the way. I'm starting, I think, next year. They greenlit a Game of Thrones Targaryen prequel which is right off the heels of them looking, like Chris said earlier, they watched the pilot with Naomi Watts and they said, no go. They did not like it. So they're not continuing that whole storyline, which was thousands of years before Game of Thrones. The Targaryen one's going to be about 150 years before. So you're going to see direct uh, three, lineage. 300, I think, Araj, I was oh, reading today. Oh, was it 300? Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah. I thought it was Which that puts them square into the conquest of Westeros, if I'm not mistaken. That's the, where they land with the dragons and they take Dragonstone and... Oh yeah, that that's if I'm not mistaken, that's how it goes. So what do you guys think about this? Is this something it's pretty expensive. It's fifteen bucks. They're gonna have everything from Adult Swim. Um, okay, but what do people pay for HBO packages in their cable now? I I don't know. I'm sure I have it's, HBO I'm sure it's like go. twenty bucks. What's cable? How dare don't you? Do that. Don't you fucking don't do that. How dare you? Well, I'll be surprised if it launches in Australia, but you never know, like Disney Plus did. But the because our one cable provider or our main cable provider here, they live and die on the fact they have the HBO rights. So uh, they like Mur- Rupert Murdoch owns that. And it's sort of like, I could imagine him being, you're going to pry this from my cold dead hands mm. before I allow this. But interesting, like for cable cutters, I wonder if they're starting to get to feel like in the end they got fucked because the idea was we're going to cut the cord, we're going to pay less, and we're going to watch when we want to watch. Where, no, you're not going to pay less. You'll be able to watch when you want to watch. But really, if you start adding up all these services, it's getting really expensive. It sure is. Mm-hmm. It sure is. It's getting right up there. And you got to pay for your internet. So don't forget that. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I. In Australia, we're so defiant. I think it's the convict heritage that it will push ah. piracy up in this country. Like, you know, I don't know if people enjoy popcorn time when they're watching movies and television shows. You should Google that. But if if you do, <laughs> it would... I, I think stuff like that is going to lead to more piracy. Like, they were on a bit of a winner initially with the revolution of streaming. But it seems like now it's going to be the big corporations battling once again, taking the money. And if you want to experience something from everything, you're going to end up paying 60 to $70 a month. 
they're making a big, big push. And of course, Green Lantern got a green light, a live action Green that, Lantern. That'll be interesting to see who the, if it's a co-lead or if it's actually John Stewart. Quickly, comic book TV movie news. This was something that was interesting. Now we talked about different people taking over different types of franchises, and it looks like that J.J. Abrams is being picked to fix the DC superhero situation a little bit. And he is in search of a Superman. Now, they're not going with Harry Cavill because that would not fit into the Robert Pattinson age range. And they want the same kind of age range so they can have another Superman for another 10 years. And this also was from, we got this covered. They evidently got everything covered. (laughs) Interesting. It's only like a... Three-year difference, right? Henry Cavill. Uh, well, it says like here, according to CBN, the plan is to find a younger actor for Clark Kent because the studio doesn't want Superman to be older than Batman. Robert Pattinson is 33 years old, where Cavill is 36. By the time a new Supes film gets underway, though, he could be almost 40. So presumably the hunt will focus on actors in the early 30s. That makes sense. Poor H. Cav. Like, I, I know. What, like, what a wasted decade mm-hmm. of... DC Les in that I thought the casting was really good. I love Batfleck. I love Henry Cavill as Superman so and feel Man of Steel was underrated. Yep. And it's like what's going on with the Flash? Like we've got Wonder Woman 84 coming out and that contradicts everything else. Like this is a disastrous mess. Yeah, it is. It, it seems like they are figuring things out a little bit now. The last five or six movies are great, but then they really screwed the pooch with them because they had some talented actors. Ben Affleck, I also liked as Batman. Harry Cavill, I loved as Superman. He's the epitome of Superman. His look, mm-hmm. his, the feel, Yeah, they really screwed the pooch on that. But hopefully this Robert Pattinson thing, I mean, it seems like they got the right people now. Now getting J.J. Abrams to write the course on their superhero part. Again, trust him. I trust him. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see about that. There was an email by Robert. Hey there, everyone. I have a question for you guys. Do you guys use a lot of movie quotes in your everyday life? I work with elementary school kids and coach high school kids, and I find that these kids do not know 90% of the quotes that I use a lot. So what are some of your favorite quotes from movies, and do you use them often? Thank you, Robert from Rancho Cucamonga. Robert, thanks, man. This is a great question. I used to use movie quotes all the time, uh, but I can't seem to remember certain ones. Yeah, no, a a lot of the ones that I use are from The Dark Knight, Uh, you know, Batman or or, uh, or the Joker quotes, a lot of Bane quotes. I like a lot of Bane quotes. They're funny. Um, If you don't know people, when Boo gets drunk, I don't think we've ever talked about this. Probably haven't, no. When Boo gets drunk... We call him Bane because his octave level goes up in power by like three, three, four hundred percent, and he sounds just like Bane. I my voice for some reason, and it's and it takes longer with beer, but with booze, it just it just gets really raspy, and I don't know how loud I'm talking. I think I'm talking normal, and I'm like almost yelling at people. So like yeah, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, so so that's. That's where that comes from. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do those. Some Godfather quotes. Mm. Not not too much from TV, but yeah, mainly movie quotes. Yeah, but I, I do have one thing to to agree with Robert. And I I also coach teenagers, and like if a kid goes the wrong direction, I'll say he took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. They have no idea what I'm talking <laughs> ah. about. Yeah, they wouldn't know, and that hurt. The first time I said that, they just looked at me. I'm like, 
Fuck you guys. There's a good quote that you should think of. It's from a uh, movie called Girls Trip, and she says, You can't get no infection in your booty hole. It's a booty hole. Oh my God. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there. Gotcha. Anybody else, King Tom, Eric, any quotes that you use maybe on your kids or anything? I use stuff from Star Wars and UHF. I can't, like you, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I do it less than I did now when I was in college uh, and growing up. I still do, though. I used no to one use, knows what I'm talking about. I used to use, you are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. I used to say that all the time. I haven't done it in a while. You do, uh, what is it? It's a bingo. All the oh, time. yeah, that's true. It's a bingo. Yeah, yeah from uh, Inglorious. Mm-hmm. That's true. Eric, how about you? I, dude, I used to have a whole stockpile of them better off dead when i was young was like a movie quote and i loved that thing and there were so many quotable moments but like every now and then i'll find myself saying uh well they're both from peewee's big adventure now that i think about it if i go into somebody's office at work and i have to tell them something that's confidential i'll shut the door and then say go ahead and scream your head off we're miles from where anyone can hear you (laughs) that and then i've asked my kids when they're being buttholes you know or like whispering each other i'll say is this something that you can share with the rest of us amazing larry which is from the scene where he's in this basement you have to deliver it right though but yeah those are my two main ones i think i remember I'm listening to reason. If you ever said, listen to reason, Pee Wee, and he's just like, Shh, he shuts him up. I'm listening to reason. I remember that. Well, one. there's one other one. It's from Malibu's Most Wanted, and it's me and this guy Ryan <laughs> at work, and it's it's where he's Jamie Kennedy's talking to his his uh, housekeeper, who's played by Niecy Nash, and he says, Gladys, why are they going to leave our people alone? And she says, I don't know, baby. I just don't know. That's that's like a, our sticking point whenever people are pissing us off at work. <laughs> nobody like my whole thing now is just nobody gets my references, and because <laughs> I love quoting Pulp Fiction, and one of my favorite ones is if I get bad service somewhere is Buddy Holly's not much of a waiter. Oh, um, that's, a and, <laughs> that's a great one. And, yeah, that's and, good. But no one, like, no one gets it. Like, because I don't really hang with my school buddies anymore, all the old movie quotes that you do, it just falls on deaf ears. So I'm literally just doing it for myself <laughs> these days. <laughs> so, sometimes um, it does yeah, come to that. No, you're yeah. like, this is a reference yeah. for me. Nobody else is going to get it, but I enjoy it. And then you're proud of it. You're proud of it. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I did Yeah, like, that was perfect. Nobody else knows what it is, but I know it. It works. Yeah. Um, like if she was a president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. Like, oh, like nice. stuff like, and I have people now attributing the quotes to me. Like I came up with them. Like apparently I'm prolific, but it's just like no, I'm quoting movies that you children have never seen. Yeah, and that, that's the sad part. I am so glad that you came on for number one sixty nine because obviously you're such a great guy. <laughs> Tell people where they can listen to you and your great podcasts. Look, I assume I've put most of you off this episode, but <laughs> if you would like to hear my shenanigans on, like, the podcast that when you listen to it, you wish it was the Sith List. So if you've listened to the Sith List in full time and you've got enough time to listen to another geeky podcast that is, like, quite frankly, filthy, I'm, I host a show called The Geek Dudes. 
And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Dudes and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Dudes for the baby boomers. Um, <laughs> we are just three Aussie dudes talking love, life, and geeky things. Like what I found is that we, we've gotten so used to just shooting the shit at the start of the show that the geek news keeps getting compressed and it's now become a saga of our lives that people are listening to. In fact, I'll be going into my existential crisis on our next episode, so I'm sure my marriage is going to survive that really well. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find us on there. We, uh, we're, we're pretty chilled and relaxed. We don't take stuff too seriously um so yeah give us a listen find me on twitter at chris fresh and yeah i really hope boo i i think you're not ready for penetration yet but definitely not definitely not a bit of mutual pinky action your whole world will expand my friend try it for the new year maybe that 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 may be a resolution that 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 gets you know, kind of like going to the gym. That might be one of those that uh, yeah, take, takes a few years to kick Sweet in. Sweet yeah. Lord. Yeah. Well, going back to the Geek Dudes, one of my favorite podcasts out there. You guys have to listen to them. They are fantastic. And if you don't have time to listen to them, just crank it up to 1.5. How dare you? How, <laughs> how dare you? Just and shame on you for having Andy Campbell on recently. Like he's real. He's a real piece of work. I know some dark secrets about Andy. No, he comes on these, he comes on these podcasts and acts all nice and all sweet. And hi guys, I'm Andy from Australia, and I'm part of Andy, Josh, and Catherine, and we're nice and friendly, and we right. love everyone. But I, I can tell you guys the things the Australians don't talk about is oh. what Andy Campbell gets up to. Dude, I, I would love to know that because he seems like the nicest guy and the most clean cut guy. Straight age guy ever. Other than the drinking, he drinks like champ. But I would love to know about all that stuff. Maybe off air. That I'd way love to tell you, but we're out of time. Damn it. Well, thank you, my man. And we really appreciate you coming in. Last minute, too. I was so, thank so happy guys. that you did. Thank you, You guys buddy. are the best. Um, everybody, keep listening to the Sith list. Les, I'm glad you could make it. And um, yeah, I hope to catch up with you guys again soon. Absolutely. 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 Later, buddy. See Later, you, great to see you, my man. Now, we got an email from Tracy, and so our Music Minute's pretty much going to be this email because we had an email last week, Les, that had to do with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and Tracy has a, uh, another email about it. I have some clarifications <laughs> to last week's email, but it's going to likely end in a lively discussion. Brace yourself, because this is going to be a long one, oh, but I'm God. sure that it will be worth it. Ringo is in the Rock Hall of Fame twice, but unlike the rest of the Beatles that are all in a second time as real solo music- musicians... Ringo was given a special participant gold star with the award for musical excellence. Oh, that's crap. <laughs> the all-star band. That's not the all-star band. No way. Phil Collins is not in the Hall of Fame as a solo artist. He was in good company with Sammy Hagar, Iggy Pop, Robert Plant, Don Henley, Steve Winwood, Sting, and many others. This is where it could get heated. I say, fuck that asshole Gene Simmons. I would like to include easy motherfucking E. A motherfucker named Ice Cube. Definitely can't forget about Dre. Mm. Because I'm all for hip-hop being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame alongside black musicians that the early rock musicians, mostly white, stole, mm. based, their sounds on. Rock Hall of Fame members like True. Marvin's cousin Chuck Berry, Ray Charles, Little Richard, <laughs> James Brown, mm-hmm. Bo Diddley, B.B. King, Muddy Waters, John Lee Hooker, and perhaps most important of all, the legend that recorded nearly half his entire music catalog in the same room that I once slept in, Room 414 oh. Gunter Hotel in San Antonio, Texas. Robert Johnson. 
Sweet Home Chicago, Crossroad Blues, Hellhound on My Tail, Love in Vain, Stop Breaking Down Blues, Traveling Riverside Blues, who many considered to have laid down a portion of the foundation of early rock after a number of early Hall of Fame members covered or stole from him directly. Sold the soul of the devil. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to drop this thermal detonator right here in front of the Sith list. Everyone gets one pick each. Name your solo artist that is in that is Hall of Fame eligible and is already in the hall once as a member of a group or band. I will kick it off. He brought the chronic straight out of Compton. He gave us or played ma- a major role in bringing us gangster rap. The G-Funk sound, 50 Cent, Eminem, Tupac, Snoop Deal, Double G, Kendrick Lamar, Warren G, Nate Dogg, and some shitty overpriced headphones. I fully endorse the legendary Audio Technica 8THM50s instead. <laughs> My pick for the Hall of Fame eligible solo artist that is already in the hall once before is Dr. Dre. Cheers, Tracy Moot. Wow, Tracy sent from my Atari Twenty Six Hundred XS Max. Tracy just dropped you dropped the mic on us on that one, but I don't know what the, I don't know who to fucking pick. Oh, Shit. I um after well off the list that he said above, Phil Collins is not in. Sammy Hagar, Iggy Pop, Robert Plant, Don Henley, Steve Wynn would Sting. I would pick Sting, be only because yeah. I think Sting's catalog and his success he had after Police pretty damn yeah he did it's pretty damn amazing yeah so i would pick sting even though don hanton yeah yeah i would pick sting that actually would have been my pick too i mean because there's some others in there that like you know robert plant you get tempted to do that but his solo stuff wasn't no his solo stuff only worked out because he had was the lead singer led zeppelin that was that was it it just wasn't that great and uh the only reason anybody cared is because he was already robert plant right Mm -hmm. so but sting man he continued to break ground as a solo artist too and uh, i'm not a huge fan of his but damn he's great at what he does he really is he really is I would induct Phil Collins two more times, once for his solo career and once for Easy Lover with Philip Bailey. Oh, oh yeah. Took that is Phil a Collins. great song. King Tom took Phil Collins. You know, Phil Collins would have been up there for me, but he didn't sustain it for more. Well, he was like, he was the shit for like five, five years. Like well, didn't, he studio. With, didn't he go back with Genesis to kind of finish he, off? He went back to Genesis at his height yes, of his solo and career. To finish off their thing and mm-hmm. it kind of, that was that, right? Because the last song it. I remember him, or last video I remember is the I Can't Dance. Oh, God, it was awful. Yeah. And I was like, hey. He did some soundtracks for a while. He did. He did a, a like a Lion one, King. Right? Yeah, that's right. He did Lion King. And I think he also did Hercules, maybe? Lion King. He didn't do Lion King. No, that was Elton that John. Was Elton John. And, uh, oh, Elton John. Damn it. Yeah. But, but he did Hercules, yeah. I think. He did Hercules. Yeah, he did a song for Hercules, something, I think. Yeah. Some Disney shenanigans. But then he just faded out. And now his daughter is a big time actress, uh, Lily Collins. Word has it that he told his wife he wanted a divorce via fax. So that's pretty metal. Damn. That is pretty metal. Wow. That is. Uh, hmm. That's right. And it was 2015 when he did it. I'm just kidding. Nobody <laughs> oh, uses that. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to jack this whole hip hop thing. First of all, I love the shout outs and the, the whole love. Yeah, he just dropped it, didn't he? First and foremost, uh, I have to say one thing about me picking Biggie in the last, when we did bring this up. There's a reason why, for me, my reason is this Biggie basically stood alone against a whole nation like him being pulled into that beef 
unexpectedly with Tupac mm-hmm. and turning it into a West Coast, East Coast thing. Not only did him being part of that, that opened the door for everything hip hop. Mm-hmm. If you notice now, hip hop has so many different regions and styles and sounds, and we finally get to have all of them. Back in the day, it was basically Run DMC, you know, Grandmaster Flash, you know, you had a couple of maybe West Coast people. Eric B and Rock Cam. Like, like, you know, Sir Mix a lot. And then you had like all this booty shake and booty bounce down in the South mm-hmm. of Florida. And everybody, all you heard was just like Luke and Two Live Crew. But once it opened up, man, once uh, West Coast NWA came in and kicked the door down, and then Biggie finally said, no, 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 we're taking this crown back. Like East Coast took the crown back. When he came in, he made it cool to be New York again. Wu-Tang came after that. Mm. Like Everybody came right after that on Biggie's heels. And he basically opened the door for us to get all kinds of stuff. He, he went to L.A. and he rapped with L.A. rappers. He went to the Midwest and he was out there with you know Cleveland and Chicago guys. He went to the South. He did all that stuff. Everybody else started following in his footsteps after that. And for me, I've always said it. Eraj knows this. Tupac, Tupac is a dude, but Biggie was always my guy. Mm-hmm. Even with my yeah. friends. And they're like, well, we're on the West Coast. I'm like, no way, man. Biggie tells stories. Biggie puts it down. Biggie will tell a great story and smoothly transition into some gutter shit. And you'll be like, oh, uh, what? And he'll floor you with it. Once again, though, it's sad that things like that ended the way they ended. Because, yeah, that sucks. I mean, you had everything. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say Ice Cube probably deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, just his solo, solo stuff? Yeah. As a solo. Yeah, he, he was very Because successful. he came out of that whole thing. He proved, once he left NWA, he proved on his first couple albums, it was all him. America's, did the America's beats, Most Wanted. Dre did the beats, but all the writing and all the lyricism and all the creativity, that was all Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. It was all Ice Cube. Yeah, they weren't the same. They were not the no. same. So, yeah, he's definitely stepped his game up and... Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm choosing Ice Cube on that. I think your pick with Dre Tracy was spot on because if you're talking about award for musical excellence, you can't deny that Dre just by the the influences he had on all the people that you named, and don't forget Beats was from him, yeah. from him as well. Uh, that's a great pick as well. So, oh, but you know, and and you have to say for Dre, Eminem made it mainstream to be a white rapper. Yeah. And Dre's the one who said, let's go ahead and give this. Yeah, he gave. Yeah, exactly. He backed him. Dude, a shot. And, you know, other other Caucasian dudes rap before, you know, Everlast, uh, Pete Nice, uh, who was at both Everlast, right? Both Everlast. His third base was Everlast, Pete Nice, and I'm sure somebody else, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Actually, I probably said the wrong name, too. Not third. Third base. Yeah, third base. Yeah, or third base. Yeah, but Everlast was in third base. Yeah, there's two Everlasts. There's the big Everlast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, oh, yeah, yes, Everlast. yes, yes. The one with the glasses. Yes, 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 yeah. yeah. Um. So I mean, there were other guys that came out. Oh, even Vanilla Ice, we got held over a balcony by those dudes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> um, he said that never happened. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, for him to say here, here's this guy, and now you know we have other offshoots of that with you know G E Z and Post, Post Malone. Malone and huge uh matt the late mac miller they're running the show uh, right now actually yeah radio radio wise yeah post yeah, radio has got the game yeah he sure does matt, uh who else mac lamore yeah dr dre has definitely had his mm-hmm. uh he, he's he's a kingpin right now. absolutely well thanks buddy appreciate that tracy uh keep sending him man all right we're gonna end this thing with an email that i wanted to read three weeks ago 
but I just didn't have time. And then you weren't here last week. Less than, of course, you can you read whims emails. Yeah, by the I way, got, I think I got the voice down a little. So the feel of the whim. Let's. <laughs> you got the feel of the whim. You feel the whim, gentlemen. First, let me start off with you talk a couple of weeks ago of the ongoing Beyonce versus Rihanna debate. Fuck you, Les. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it actually did. It, it <laughs> didn't say that. It was it to all of us. Guys? Yeah. Fuck you guys. Oh, you and then, we, since you weren't here, I was like, why did Les do that? But anyway, <laughs> so. there is no doubt that Beyonce is a better singer, Thank dancer, you. and overall Thank performer you. than Rihanna. Thank you. Truth be told, Rihanna looks way more fun. Yes, I agree with you on that one, Wim. Would I rather hang out with... Who would I rather hang out with? Rihanna. I'm sure she... She answers these requests from almost 50-year-olds on a daily basis. (laughs) Sidebar, about 15 or so years ago, I was working my second job at a hotel, and a 20-year-old singer, I forgot her name, was playing a small theater here, and she posted on MySpace that after the show, she'd hang out with some of the guests. So this late 40-year-old dude hops a plane from Michigan and comes back to the hotel checking in afterwards, pissed that he was turned away. I said, "I I don't think she was referring to creepy old dudes. Somehow, I still kept my job. But I thought it was really funny, so I said it anyways. <laughs> in sidebar. I saw some of her fan pics online That's with awesome. their meet and greets. She's grabbing asses and joining in the fun that these people pay a lot of money just to chat with her for a few minutes. I remember Beyonce back in the day preaching about how religious she is. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sure the Lord is thrilled with the booty dance with the shorts jammed up your ass. I think Jay-Z had to divert a full crew to deal with the diva. How dare, dare you, Wim? I'm down, Rihanna. I'm glad to finally get that off my chest. I feel like Freddie Prince Jr. blowing up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> How dare Excellent you. callback. I did make it to New York Comic Con, and let me tell you, there were so many freaking people there. It made Celebration look like an M. Night Shyamalan oh. and not glass. I'm talking lady in the water. So apparently some stuff happened. Where? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. I did get to see one panel about Snowpiercer. It's a movie that was a comic book that's now a TV series. Lena Hall and David Diggs are in it. Oh, the old guy stuck in a roundabout. That was me at NYCC. And I wanted to add another movie that just kills you at the end. I was one of the small percentage to see Glory in the theater. So was I. I. So was I. So I had three times in the theater. So did I. I had to go to the Art House Theater here in Albany. Those guys turn the corner and the cannon goes off in your face. South Carolina flag goes up and their bodies get tossed in the same mass grave. Pin drop. Oh, it was so quieting and haunt it was so quiet and haunting. I saw that movie like thirty years ago and I can still still feel it like I did in a theater way back when. No movie has ever hit me the way that movie did. Awesome movie, by the way, and a beautiful score by James Horner with the boys of Harlem Choir. That that score, I had that C D. I used to play it every single night before I go to bed. While I'm going to bed, I used to listen to that CD. I mean, I played the shit out of that thing. <laughs> it is one of the best scores, in my opinion, um, any film. On to happier things. As a full-on DC whore, you know I was going to be apt about Joker, and I was not let down. It seems that everyone who's been successful playing the Joker, I'm looking at you, Jared Leto, has taken that role and just added another layer. Jack Nicholson started it, Heath took it, and added layers to it. Joaquin looks at it and does everything Heath did, Except, why don't we make him really creepy, too? He was fantastic. And spoilers, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, for once, I was actually good with seeing the Wayne's murderer scene again. The other good part is, this may not be the end of his character, either. Just because Joaquin wouldn't sign a multi-picture deal doesn't mean he won't do it again. Who knows? But at least DC has some good stuff to work with. And yeah, I'm one of those guys who still wants to see the Snyder Cut. (laughs) 
And I try to emulate King Tom with every email and at least end it with a question. In conjuring the spirit of Mike Zero, <laughs> I just like to make shit up. So the ending of The Rise of Skywalker. What if JJ decided to throw it back to George's original concept of Star Wars? We have a cutscene to landing on Mars in a couple of decades where we unearth R2. And since R2 knows everything about the Skywalkers, we plug him in and we learn everything that happened a long time ago. Would fandom burn? Yes. Give me a break. Uh-huh. I'm an idiot. Till next time. Wham. Thank you for that email. I'm glad we saved it for less. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, it's great callbacks. This was like a, this is like a trilogy of an email right That's here. Right. It's like a whole saga right here. That's great. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And uh, King Tom, what do you think about his idea at the end here? Uh, I'd rather they do that thing. They If they're going to do something goofy-ass like that, I'd rather they do that thing that the, they did in one of the Infinities comics where the Millennium Falcon goes into hyperspace, lands on a planet, gets stuck in a jungle, and the natives think that Chewbacca is the uh, uh, Bigfoot, and it's unearthed 100 years later by Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. That'll work. I'll take that one. Yeah, I'll take that one. I don't want either. Nah, just before all. people think I'm going crazy. I don't jeez. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, again, when thank you, my man. Sorry it took so long for us to read, but please send them um well, our way. Well worth the wait. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thank you, man. What uh, I would rather they did than that would be to find out the only way to stop Palpatine is in the ocean where the Death Star wreckage is, that there's no whales in there. So they send the Falcon forward in time and uh pick up some whales and then go <laughs> back. Is that, is that Star Trek? Is that Star Trek? Is that the that, Voyage that's Home? A, yeah. That's another movie I used to quote. That was like one of my first VHS tapes that I had from my own uh, VCR. I used to I used to quote that quite a lot. Do you remember the what big the thing? Nuclear Wessels thing. Nuclear Wessels, yes. <laughs> Do you guys remember how big the re- the rewind machines were? I was about to talk about that when we were going off and like... <laughs> If you had a VCR, you bought the rewind machine. Could you sit it, stick it in there in what thirty seconds? Yeah, yep. because when you rented a film, you'd always be kind and you would rewind. I used to when working on Music Plus, we used to rent videos and we had a rewind machine. And people didn't rewind their movies. We're like, fuck them! How did, dare they? Did, didn't some people like charge them like a dollar? Yes, or yeah, oh, we did. yeah, they would we did. check your video. Yeah, yeah. before in some places had the night drop, so if you just drop it in there. You'd get a charge when you go in because you had an account with them. Mm-hmm. So you had a full on account and they'd be like, oh, hey, Mr. Gonzalez, how are you? I'm like, great. No, you know, you didn't rewind your last video. So that's an extra dollar on your whole rental thing. You're like, what? I, I had buddies that would leave the film at the worst possible spoiler. Oh, so they put it in, they'd see the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. that was the worst. <laughs> that that a, was dick, the worst. Dick move. Huh? That's ice cold. Actually, you know what the worst is, is when you would put it in and it was all the way to the end and you had to rewind the damn thing yourself. And it's oh, the damn yeah, thing over. That's like, the worst. Fuckers didn't rewind that shit. You oh, know, bought that shit, boo. Just so you know, dude. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Your this, VCR. That was a good Christmas present, man. You like bought your VCR, and all of a sudden you had a brand new <laughs> rewind machine, <laughs> and you're like, well, the, "We're the going whole, to Hollywood the whole, Video." <laughs> the whole word on the street was is that you needed the rewind machine because of how hard it was on your VCR. Yeah, that's what it was, like, right? Actually, I think the rewind machine's harder on the movies. <laughs> yeah, those yeah, things were crazy. Oh, oh and then you it would eat your fucking tape. Did you guys ever have a panic attack when you had a movie because there were like seventy bucks films that weren't for sale yet? Like yeah, let's say let's say off, let's yeah. say like Return of the Jedi came out right, and you worked at like a blockbuster. If it's not out for sale, that was a hundred dollar VHS. So if you would lose it or if you would ruin it, 
you'd have to pay a hundred bucks and they have your credit card on file. You just uh, charge it. And not to mention people bought extra VCR so they could tape those movies on place to themselves. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was the best actually. That was the best dude. That was cool. Dude, a whole story then, huh? about getting kicked out of their video rental store with his dad. <laughs> <laughs> wanting to know if they needed a two night rental or not. And he's like, no, we only need one. We're going to record it. <laughs> oh, they're like, get your ass out. <laughs> that was the best. That was the best. And what Friday and Saturday nights, video stores were packed. Dude. You'd rush your ass to get there because we had, people were getting a new release off. Ninja Turtles was gone. You're like, guy, we got to get there right <laughs> now. Get that. Crap. Not only that, we had uh, different price levels for Friday and Saturday night. Oh, now, yeah. It was 99 cent Monday through Thursday and then one ninety nine to two ninety nine if it's a new release. And if you didn't bring it back that Monday, you got charged more. Yep. What is it? What do you guys have like fucking matinee prices on yeah. rentals? Yeah, we want Damn. people to come in. Dude, times were hard, man. They really were. And it's like you'd be dying to see a movie. You'd have it all planned out. You'd get there and, and you'd find gone? all nine oh. of them that the movie was gone. Oh, and you'd the go worst. up there and you'd ask, hey, man, when was this rented? <laughs> well, it looks like it was yesterday. Okay, so they should have it back today. Can That's I just right. hang up here by the counter for about yeah, 45 people, minutes? Right. People, would wait, people would wait and shop. Or you'd tell them to go to the bin. It's it's there. I yeah. see it over there. Isn't that it right Yeah. There? And you're like, fuck you. I'm not going to the like, bin. The bin was hey, the we worst. Have to, we have to re, re put them back in inventory. I'm like, just give me the damn tape. Oh, uh, yeah. It's right there. The fucking bin. It's the worst. And people are racing up. But before midnight or whatever time it is to shove it into the thing so they can not get charged Charge, that yeah, extra yeah, day. Yeah, charged extra. Oh man, that shit was first awesome, world dude. problems back then. Those bro. were some problems, dude. Mm-hmm. And instead of Starbucks in every corner, it was a Blockbuster or Hollywood video yep. in every corner. Dude. I remember yep. Blockbuster Hollywood everywhere, video. dude. Fucking everywhere. Blockbuster. We were we were at this cool indie store. We only had like 30, 40 stores in LA and then Blockbuster, Blockbuster bought us out and made us Blockbuster music, made us wear the khakis and the Navy oh, shirts. That's yeah. Right, you had to wear the Fucking cocksmiths. <laughs> I was so pissed. Well, CDs at Blockbuster were like $25 each. That was the oh. biggest fucking ripoff. Well, let me year. tell you some fraudulent <laughs> shit that went down with Blockbuster. So when they took over Music Plus, they made us open up a CD listening bar, which is in its idea, it's a great idea. You yeah, get to it's listen a very to good shit. Idea, but yeah. this is before digital music so what they would those fuckers would do Wayne Heisenga you piece of shit CEO of Blockbuster what they would do is they would you would come up with a Weezer CD I remember because Weezer was one of our plus picks back in 94 <laughs> whatever the hell it was 95 you bring up a Weezer CD we'd open the CD we'd play it for you you sit put your earphones on you'd enjoy it for we'd had assholes that would sit there for six hours listening to music yep <laughs> <laughs> they give you back the CD. We seal the CD up and sell it as a brand new CD for nineteen ninety nine, even though it's been used multiple times. Wow! Yeah. Dang, I didn't know that. Yep, yep. Motherfucking. That's why they didn't survive. So wait a minute. So you would play the CD for the person? Yeah, oh, you, you could totally yeah. go listen to a whole CD. You come no, up. No, you no, come no, up no. with Zeppelin Four. You could yes. go listen to a whole CD. I open up Zeppelin Four. Okay. Right, and there's a specific way we had to open them up because to make it look like it wasn't used, we played it for you on our disc players we had multiple disc players and seats and it was like a bar we had booths yeah you sit there and you rock out when you're done you give it back if you don't want to buy it we put it back in its case seal it up and sell it as a brand new item wow yeah but virgin took that whole thing virgin maker stores took that whole thing and they started actually having a full set of earphones and shit that mm. whole wall and they had and they yeah. had the genres and they had new releases and then they had the genres and they had all the cds in a changer already mm. So you could just go yeah. there. You just see all these people just standing. That was cool. Bobbing their head and listening to the music. First time I heard Interpol was, was on that. Leaving. 
Mm. Like just leave. Yeah. You go to Tower Records, do the same thing, and then all of a sudden, those places are all gone now. Yeah. <laughs> now it's all digital. And you're it wasn't even that damn that. long ago. That's the worst part. We're talking all that nostalgic is shit. That, that is crazy. It wasn't yeah. even that damn long ago, dude. Damn. That was a nice little blast from the past. All right, guys. I think that sums up this episode. Dust off your rewinders, everybody. Yeah, we talked about bum holes. We talked about old school rewinders, music. CDs, music. This was a potpourri of, I don't know what it was, actually. But thank you for listening to us. Let's uh, go along the list and Mr. Tom Chansky, King Tom. Tickets King Chansky, Papa. how you doing? Tickets man? Chansky. Tickets, tickets, tickets. Tickets Chansky, where can people listen to you and find you on the internet landscape? Internet landscape, uh, my Twitter is Tom Chansky. Uh, and as far as hearing me right here on the Sith list, and then I do some Patreon shows for our friends, the Bad Motivators, Blue Harvest, and Steel Wars. That's right. Check those podcasts out. They're all amazing. Mr. Eric Strothers, the man who can strudel his noodle like anybody else. Where can people listen to you and find you? Well, besides here, you can listen to my other podcast, The Bad Motivators, where we also talk about Star Wars. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Strothers, where I'm typically talking about Star Wars. And you talk about it so well. I try. I do try. Mr. Carlos Bumarguello. Oh, my God. <laughs> where can people listen to you or actually listen to Brittany talk about you Yeah, <laughs> uh, and your sexcapades, like I say? Uh, you can... <laughs> You can, yeah, you you can hear you can hear me being mentioned in 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 various ways on the on the Cantobite Dispatch with and his uh, new Twitter handle at Chocolate Starfish. Oh my God, no! On Cantobite Dispatch with Brittany <laughs> and Emily, um, and then also you could uh, you could find me on Twitter at the Sith List Boo. Nice. And will you give us updates every week? Not every week, but if you know if if I start walking in a little funny or something like that, you know, you guys can have your own little little uh ideas going in your heads yeah hmm. well, well hang on a minute wait a minute why would it's, you it's be the, wait what's going on that's here? what chris You're... was talking about is anal towards me dude oh he, he was yes, going both yeah. ways anal, oh both ways anal fun on, on both ends oh, of the okay. spectrum here both, yeah. oh wow okay that changes everything <laughs> that's up. funny yeah that's funny yeah the last horse crosses the finish line yeah then we're talking about anal both ways here pal yeah. i didn't know did you know that eric and king tom i thought it was just I one way pick up I did not pick up on that, that that's what Fresh was throwing down. But oh, yeah. He was talking about it. starting out with some, some mutual... Um, uh, butthole licking. Bumhole licking, yeah. God, yes. man. A little Oof. pinky action. Okay. Then you know, taking it slow, you know. Less is more. Yep. Where can people find you? You can find me in traffic on your local California <laughs> freeways. <laughs> That's true. I'm sorry to laugh, but that is really funny. I'm serious. Yeah, I know. That's how I feel. That's that's what it is. You'll be handing out stickers in fucking gridlock. (laughs) But you could also find me posting about tacos and order 66 on Twitter at lessonmore78. Yes. Oh, is that, is that what number it was? Order sixty six. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I thought you just like so waiting for that shit. I'm so excited for when that shit happens. Oh man, what tacos in Star Wars? No, order sixty six. Well, that tacos and Star Wars would be bitching too, but Order 66, yeah. And you can find me at the Sith List. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys had a happy, wonderful 
Halloween, a safe Halloween. Check those apples for those needles. No, 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 no razor blades. No, I was, it was needles when I was a kid. Yeah. And if anybody, no, but if anybody gives you apples on Halloween, check that shit. Cause that's, yeah. that is sketchy. Absolutely. Yeah. They're supposed to give you candy. God damn it. Here's before we leave. Coolest thing they used to get on Halloween. Uh, when you trick or treat, what is it? A certain candy or what was it? Eric, you go first. Reese's peanut butter cups, baby. Ooh. And, and now King Tom. What was the oxtails? They're like the little chocolate rolls that the thing in the the cream the in the middle. Oh, those are cool, dude! I love those. They're, 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 like, they're like lighter, lighter color. Yeah. Well, wait, are you talking about booze bum or are you talking about oh, the chocolate? Oh my Which one god! Are we, are, we, are, we, are we still the talking candy. about that? Oh, I had the a candy. neighbor that gave those out. Like okay. the real, not like little party packs, but like the real ones. And I'm not going to talk anymore because anything <laughs> else I say is going to be taken the wrong way. Less. Yeah, it's taken in the wrong spot. Oh, yeah, taken in the wrong, wrong way. Speaking of chocolate All right. here. Well done, yeah. well done. No, uh, any full-size candy bar. Okay. Yeah, we would hit neighborhoods and people would give the minis and we'd be like, hey, those houses over there giving out full-size candy right. bars. And we'd like switch costumes to get full-size candy bars. But and, yeah. And for me, it was $5 bills. And it was came from the great Jose Feliciano who lived pretty close to us and we'd go and unfortunately we'd go multiple times because he was blind oh, <laughs> oh my god you were gonna burn it <laughs> out. i'm sorry i'm sorry Damn, wait, 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 are you hold on time out no doing? there is no time out what are you are you serious <laughs> totally serious 100 percent. i put it on my dad he lived in phil park california very close to where i lived i'm less than two minute walk and shame and he would be a very nice man and shame five dollar bills and we wouldn't go more than twice like, we get 10 bucks out of it. We'd feel bad after that. But at least not be done. You know, he probably knew. He probably smelled me. He just assumed that any kid that was pulling some crappy stunt like that must really need the money. Exactly. I, I needed a Voltron. Wow. Thank you, Jose. And again, thank you for listening to this. This is a happy Halloween. And we'll catch you next week on episode 170. And we'll see if Boo went to Smash Town. <laughs> On the Sith List.